0: Hurry into Old Navy tomorrow for 50% off all swimwear. $2 tanks for her and free flip-flops when you spend $50 or more in store. Tomorrow only at Old Navy, valid 323. Limit five tanks. Select tanks and flip-flops only. Free gift in stores only.
1: Hey, I'm Alan Boyer. I'm Sarah
0: Griffin.
1: I'm Mrs. Juvenia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture. They were obsessed with when they were young. Our guest today is the multi-award winning author of Only Ever Yours, Asking For It, Almost Love, and her new book, The Surface Breaks. It's Louise yeah. O'Neill.
2: Hi. Welcome to the show. I feel a bit of pressure there when you said interesting people, I, like instantly. I was like, am I interesting? I don't <laughs> know. I'm not sure. Oh, no. The test begins now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweating here.
1: So you're going to talk to us about The Magic Faraway Tree. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Well, it was kind of a hard call when you asked me, you know, what books or what, you know, that I was really into as a child, because there was just so many, but particularly Eden Blyton, because she wrote... 10 million books a Mm -hmm. year like she was so incredibly prolific Um, or you could just say she was turning them out whichever sort of whatever kind of um, side of the um, argument that you fall on with um, Enid Uh, but um yeah, but I I was so obsessed with these books. Um, myself and my sister used to read them. Um, as kids. Um, and I think I remember my mom reading them to us, The Magic Faraway Tree. Um, and then being able to read them myself, which seems like a very sort of exciting moment. You know, mm. when I could actually read them myself. Um, but if you you asked me um earlier, when was the first time? And I can't remember. It's it's funny with Ina Blyton. I feel like she was always just there. I'm yeah. not sure if you feel this that way, you know, she was just such a like an integral part of my childhood that I never remember not reading Ina Blyton because mm. as I said, there were so many books to kinda of work your way through as well. Or even that she was just always on the shelf. There mm. were always books of mm. hers on my shelves anyway, because my yeah. mother read them all. So yes. I
0: inherited all of her copies of Famous Five Secret Seven, St. Clair's Mary Terrors. Like yes. the whole shebang were just there as long
2: as I was there. They were there yeah. before I was there. Yeah. Yeah, and I always remember the books being really just kind of raggedy And looking yeah, like they were pages. Falling apart yeah. You know Loved. Um Yeah and I remember Because we uh, Myself and my sister Used to go over And spend Every summer um and all of our weekends with my grandparents, they owned this farm um in Arhala. so it was i mean the nearest shop was like you know a ten minute drive away like it it really is in the mm. middle of nowhere um and there was just all of these books that I suppose had been left there since my m- my mother was a child um and that was what what we spent our time doing because you know there was one channel. You know, sorry, one television, two channels um, and all of my mother's younger brothers still lived at home. uh, So there was the four boys and my granny, my granddad, um, myself and my sister. So it was really a fight over the TV and Mm -hmm. my granddad always won. So it was, you know, every news bulletin (laughs) that we had to watch and like the Angelus and winning streak. um, Late, late on the Friday, Pat Kenny on the Saturday. So myself and my sister were allowed um, space, which I don't think children or adults actually are allowed anymore to be bored. Um, and it was like, well, what do you do when you're bored? So we read a lot. We made up loads of, you know, games and stories and just ran like just wild. Across. There was actually a, a wood um, quite near my grandparents' house, which I always kind of hoped would be like the enchanted wood mm-hmm. in the magic mm-hmm. um, faraway tree. But alas, I never discovered <laughs> the faraway tree. So so yeah, so, so reading was just such an integral part of our childhood.
1: Hmm. So I guess the magic faraway tree is one of the more obscure Enid Blyton ones, I would say, is would it? that be fair? I don't know. I think so.
0: I feel like everybody has a different Enid Blyton. Yeah, like the experience? famous
1: five is my Enid Blyton. Yeah, yeah. And and just, I'm like, not got even. Them all
0: be, I'm not even that. I'm, I'm the the adventure series, which are okay, and host like. <laughs> Famous Five, Secret Seven. Then there's these other super weird ones, The Island of Adventure. The-
2: yes. You know those mm. ones? And I find this really amusing because I always loved The Secret Seven. So we've there got, you like, go, yeah. covered. <laughs> I feel like you can yeah. either
1: have Famous Five or Secret Seven. You yes. can't like and it's, both.
2: It's the same with um, uh, Mallory Towers and St. Clair's. There you go. And I was always St. Clair's, which is controversial, but I preferred it.
0: And you know, for... for to my eternal shame, my mom and dad, my mother specifically kept trying to get me to read uh, St. Trinians. Yeah, I never read that either. I never read it either, and I feel like I would have been way more badass if i have been reading St. Trinians. I
2: think you're badass enough as it is. Maybe uh, we wouldn't no, have been able to handle you <laughs> if you had been reading St. Trinians. <laughs> flips the table. Yeah. No. Uh, so, but, it, but effectively, the stories were all the
0: same yes. weren't they they were all kind of m- the the same structure effectively the same characters mm. in just slightly different backdrops yeah
2: and the same names yeah Fanny and Dick were really oh popular you know as as a child oh. as well that was very amusing I know I Apparently, I in the updated ones now they've changed it to um, Franny and Rick
1: yeah the version I had had Franny and Rick oh no way and Joe had an E now as well oh. I guess ah,
2: just to make sure yeah.
1: oh and it's Beth instead of Bessie just everybody's different oh weird. yeah
0: such specific little updates, mm. yeah. You know, not that it makes much. Of a, uh,
1: no, I as like, like as long as they don't like give the famous five like phones. I think it's, it's yeah. pretty much yeah. the same thing. But
2: as long as you know they get rid of some of the racism and well. xenophobia. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, so much. All the foreigners. So smuggling that's a very anti-tipsy that's all yeah. they do. <laughs> smuggling yeah. oh my god yeah. I was really quite afraid of smugglers For I mean, I didn't even really understand what f- smugglers were mm. or what smugglers did but um, yeah I was quite, was quite terrified of them anyway. it felt
1: like they were a much bigger problem than they probably yeah. are in like, yeah. Yeah, like obviously smuggling is a problem but individual uh, smugglers aren't a threat uh, to you the way uh, they are yeah. in those books.
0: especially <laughs> not a threat to you when you're 11 right? yeah. Yeah. and on holidays in your great aunt's house with yeah. your dog in <laughs> your holiday yeah,
1: house to be like here give these cigarettes to your dad yeah. and yeah. say nothing
0: <laughs> and that's the only Interaction you have—that's yeah, your Irish version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're not going in the docks. Love the yeah. man. Yeah. You're not, like...
1: <laughs> okay, so oh well, what I was going to say was so for anybody who isn't doesn't know what the magic firway tree is. Mm-hmm. what would be like the synopsis of it?
2: Okay, well it's about three children um, in my version uh, <laughs> it was uh, Joe, um, Bessie and Fanny um, and they're living in the city um, or in the town and they move to the country and there's a lot of sort of the country is so amazing and the town is so dirty mm. and yeah, a lot of that. Um, so they yeah, so they moved um, to the country with their parents and then there's this tree that is, or sorry, this wood um, that is very near them um, and the their father tells them that the locals call it the enchanted tree um, and when they go um, exploring exploring they, they it does seem very mysterious like it sounds like the trees are sort of whispering to them and then they come across this incredible tree that they've never seen the like of um, and when they start uh, you know um, climbing up it they find that it's like it seems to morph from let's say an oak tree into um, a fir tree or into a um, growing lemons and, uh, and and then acorns so it, they they know already that there's something kind of amiss with this um, and then as they continue up they find like magical creatures um, like the angry pixie and um Moonface and Silky who's a fairy um, living within the tree and then they discover that at the top of the tree um, if you climb up a ladder um, there is it's sort of like a different land comes there um, every you know few days or so um, which is kind of where all the, that's where all the magic really happens so
1: I think it's really interesting, it's almost like a it's like sci-fi adjacent mm. Do they oh. have like parallel universes at the top of the trees like sliders or um, like Lost or the, the Terry Pratchett series Long Earth which is where there's like parallel Earths alongside of you and you can kind of travel between them and again in. it's like there's like, a, there's like a little like revolver like a revolving table at the top of the tree and yeah. you just poke your head up and you're suddenly in I have a little bit listening roundabout land is yes. right, so the first one where stuff just spins yeah. and sounds horrible <laughs> sounds,
2: I, I get really bad no, um, yeah. motion sickness so that is just my idea of hell to be honest yeah. it's ugh. anyway
1: and I guess it's it's very kid-like in that none of it has to hold together or make sense. Oh it's like, yes, it's no like rules. Land. What's your infrastructure? Yeah. Here, you
2: yeah. World building. Uh, yeah. What is the currency? Uh, yeah, you know, how yeah. does the monarchy operate? <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's a lot of you know kind of very easy escape routes. You know when the key doesn't um, fit and Moonface has magic powder in his pocket that'll oh, make yeah. it fit. You know, it's just, you're like, oh wow, Enid, you really did not put any thought into Editors this. were not doing the same yeah. game yeah. back then. There were no track changes yeah. coming inside interrogating
0: uh, Enid Blyton's every uh, single yeah. move oh, God, track point. changes. <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, exactly. It's
2: like, every author listening to this will just like feel... Just the hairs at the back of their neck standing up at the very word. <laughs> I guess
1: because it's a kids' book, nobody can be in peril for too long. Mm. It needs to be like the long, like it's something I actually found with the um, Hallmark movies as well. Any bit of peril that happens to a child will last no longer than ninety seconds, and then it will be fixed. And it's kind of the same in this. No matter what happens, there's always a new land or some magic powder that will just fix it. Yeah, and you're out and you're back again.
2: Yeah, and so it, they, it does happen a lot that the children get trapped. And then mm. it's just re- like a really easy, you know, like an aeroplane comes that they manage to, you yeah, know, has, like
1: the controls are up, down, left, yeah. and right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was 1939, so maybe that's genuinely how Ina Brighton top planes worked <laughs> back
0: then. It might have been. Yeah. I don't know. We yeah. weren't there. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't an aviation specialist in 1939.
2: <laughs> but I, I do think, like, you know, I, I understand what you're saying about um, children not being in peril uh, for that long. But I suppose I, I, I do read. You know, I don't t- tend to read a lot of middle grade fiction, but I do read a bit of it because you know friends of mine are mm. writing it, and I just think it's so much more sophisticated now um, than this. You know, the writing is so much um, uh, just you know just more sophisticated. Um, it's it's better structured. You know, even what you're you know what we were saying there is it, it's less. It feels less simplistic in a way. Like the, mm. if it also feels like the, maybe the children are in genuine danger, which I don't really get the sense from this. The stakes don't feel. As high in this book,
1: no. Like even when they get like invaded by red goblins, they all they're doing is keeping them off the tree. There's yeah. All, there's well, they, they do incredible violence to the goblins, but yeah. it's kind of lost <laughs> yeah. over.
2: And then sell them over to the um, mighty one. You're like,
1: yeah. Okay. Like the thing that happens to the goblins is my absolute worst fear: getting stuck at the bottom of a slide and then a hundred people come down after you. <laughs>
2: oh
0: my God. you're that right is That the is the worst actually going thing to that could happen to me. Okay, we're hitting all the dangerous areas. I would Changes bad slide experiences. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm shook. <laughs> it's Oh, the um that's a really interesting point that you're making there about the about Blighton and the it being more simplistic. Yeah. Because I 'cause again, you were saying earlier that like Blighton was so so prolific and produced so much work, but was she challenged? Was she interrogated? Was mm. she just this font of endless storytelling? Mm. But it, writing for children was different back then.
2: Yeah, mm. I wonder, did they expect as much? Did they expect just as much nuance or depth? I think the quality of children's literature that's been created now. It wasn't
0: the industry that we live in now. Like, there no. was no, there was no, I mean, we're we're, we're miles and miles pre-J.K. Rowling. Mm. Children's literature was just just for children back mm. then, whereas now that there is this entirely different conversation about books that are written for children, where to be a perfect, timeless, like children's story, you need to be accessible to adults. You have to have mm. in, like structural integrity, mm. you know, a good foundation. Mm. Um, whereas back then, I suppose not that they would just give them anything. I mean, we read them as children. We mm. all turned out into mm. books, you know, mm. they did, didn't do anybody any harm necessarily. Mm. Um, But there was. I, I can't I, I wonder what her life was like. I wonder what kind of a writer she was. Mm. You know? Like who was asking her questions, what kind of pressure she was under.
2: Like I don't think she was under any. Yeah. I think it was just write as many books as possible in you know, a short period of time. Off you go. Yeah. 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 Um, when was Roldal was the fifth? Was he the fifties? I'm trying to think when those books were being. Yeah, um, cause he was
1: in World War Two, and then he started writing novels. Okay, so, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, because even then, let's say in I suppose fifteen, twenty years, like the difference. But you see, it's hard as well because I'm I'm looking at it from you know with an adult's eye, and I suppose I'm looking at it comparing it to modern modern day fiction. But I absolutely loved these books mm. as a children mm. absolutely adored them just could not get enough of the way that she wrote the worlds that she was creating the characters the, I suppose it's the imagination you know yeah. I suppose it's the feats of creativity within the books itself maybe more so than as you said structural integrity you don't or, notice it mm. you build your yeah. own structural integrity you yeah. make your
0: own decisions about th- about these things when you're that age I think mm. like especially when you're only given these bare s- patches of story mm. here's a tree why you figure out why, mm. yeah, and you and you then do figure out
2: why, yeah. And I suppose as a child, you it gives you enough space to kind of insert yourself into the narrative and make yourself part of the story as well. Whereas maybe if it was too complex, I I don't know. I mean, I'd be I mean, I'd be so curious to hear what like a a child now would think of it. Like I know Ena Blyton has really fallen out of favor. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously you know because of I suppose the racist undertones and you know xenophobia mm-hmm. um, and sexism and a lot of other things, a lot of other issues. A lot of problems. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. quite a few. And I just would be interested if you gave a child you know I don't know six or seven if you gave them the magic faraway tree what would they think I remember buying it for my cousin actually when he was a kid Um, and I think he enjoyed it but that again you know he's 20 now so I suppose that was quite a while ago as Mm well. so I'm not really sure but what they do encourage obviously is a sense of exploration like you were saying about being on
0: your grandparents farm and land and then you're facing into this forest with a sense of wonder you know not necessarily with a sense of trepidation or fear but with a that could be where the magic lives, Yes. you know, yes. and that magic doesn't have to have rules or a currency or a yes. monarchy mm. or any sort of a system.
2: It's just magic. It's just yes. there. Mm. And I think actually as a child, what is wonderful about something like the magic faraway tree, which is also wonderful about something let's say, like the Harry Potter series, mm. um, is that it's not... It's not a fantasy world, you know that it does marry i suppose like that sense of realism um in that so it could be your world, you know that it, mm. it, it it's that idea that well, maybe if I just find the right tree, um mm. not that I have to you know be born into another planet or into another realm, that this is just everyday life, but there are touches of magical um real or i suppose magical realism, yeah, within it, and I think that's actually really exciting as a child that it's just about you know being lucky or you know getting the letter from Hogwarts or, or you opening know. the right wardrobe yes exactly oh god I love Narnia it's about as well. secrets
1: I guess yeah, As yeah. opposed to like say Lord of the Rings where you you know reading it there's no hobbits around you. Yes. But with like this, there that could there could be a tree near you yeah. or a famous five, there could be Absolutely. gold ingots in a cave near your house somewhere. Yeah. It's just a matter of finding them, that it's it's out there.
2: And I'm I think Ian Brighton said that um a lot of people used to write to her um asking, you know, about let's say of Mallory Towers and St. Clair's as well. Um and I remember because my mum went to boarding school and she really hated it. Um and myself and my sister were so anxious to go, you know, so we were just I. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, we were oh we were begging her, and um, and then she came into um our room. Well, I suppose both of our rooms. Um, one night, um, at midnight, um, and she had. She's such sorry. My my mother was very young, having us, so she was a bit impetuous. Um, she had a um like a midnight feast prepared. Um, and she got oh. like ginger ale and you know like all that kind of stuff, mm. so that we could have the experience of. I suppose the fun aspects of boarding school life from that we I suppose presumed were a fact from reading um, these books but that she was like no they definitely aren't like that there's no crazy nuns in England so <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't know the
1: kids in these books have a lot more freedom as well which might yeah. be might make it less accessible to kids now because yeah. they have none whatsoever like
0: that's a really interesting point yeah. like Obviously, children are discouraged from having secrets now. We Mm. live in this huge culture of surveillance and protection and uh, kids are. I I was an nanny for a long time and the kid that I looked after was seven, eight and nine during the years that I was with her and um, never went out in the street to play. All of her socializing was engaged in dates, play dates Mm. where they would go and they would do a specialized activity in a specialized area with both adults present. When I was that age and not to be fucking pure war the buttons about it but go the fuck outside I will see you for your dinner at 6 it's Mm 11am don't go past this place and this place but otherwise that's it and that was my childhood Yeah, you grew up in the city didn't you I grew up in the suburbs out in Kabarak. and um, there was 40 of us there were Mm. 40 children within the same 3 year age bracket give or take Mm. and we were just like a pack you know Mm. and we were fine largely but the way children are raised now of that age specifically that that would be reading The Faraway Tree Good luck. Imagine a parent in 2018 sending a six year old. Here's a picnic, go away. Yeah. Into, yeah. The <laughs> yeah. into the forest. Into the forest. Yeah. Climb a tree. No. And the only thing like, that
2: she's worried about when they come home is that her, their clothes are wrecked. Don't lose your yeah. iPhone, be a Caleb. better mother.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, I grew up in a, um, an estate, but it had like a two acre hill in the middle of it, which had like a little wood on it and little cliffs Ooh. and stuff. We used to sit in trees all day. Mm. We were like little monkey children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was our life. Like, And it's just, it, the hill's been bulldozed now and turned into uh. houses. But like, that was like, it's really unique. There was a quarry there as well. So you just Jelly. hang out on giant rocks and climb giant rocks. I mean, the dream. Nobody does now you can't of course they don't like yeah. we,
0: had two, we didn't even have that we had two sorry we had three greens we had the little green which across from my house you so never hung mm-hmm. around there then there was the big green which is up past the Crescent and past a couple of cul and then <laughs> there was the hellier named for because it had helicopter trees which you could climb
2: Ah, if okay. you
0: were someone who wasn't me, because I was uh, <laughs> an indoor child. Um, an indoor child I spent a lot of time outdoors, an in indoor child, and in that I was just not particularly athletic and kind mm. of. Yeah, kind of I didn't like getting,
2: I didn't like getting dirty. No, I remember being at my grandparents' and they bought me these new overalls. They were so cool. They were yellow and I had these amazing pink wellies. So I'd dress up in them and sit inside um, or go into my grand's rose garden and they're like, oh, you're going to go down the yard. I was like, oh my God, I might get my clothes dirty. <laughs> I, was like, oh. I was exactly no, the same because uh, we went
1: to the I remember going to the beach at my cousin's once and there was, there'd there been some kind of weird thing deposited in the sand mm. so the sand was like very very wet and my cousins and my brothers were rolling around in it, destroying each other and I was just standing there just pristine beside them I was like <laughs> I've been playing with you the whole time but there's nothing on me
3: <laughs> and you're
1: all destroyed and our parents were like like how has this difference happened to <laughs> me? I was like, I, don't, I, I was playing, I so don't know. Roads diverged in a wood yeah. 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 I
0: made a girl called Justine go to her house to get a chair so one of the lads, Sean James, could show me how to climb a tree uh. using the chair. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Got up there, couldn't fucking get down. Yeah, <laughs> you know,
2: like, yeah my sister was reckless, time. like broke pretty much every bone in her body was just... Uh, and I, I, I was a bit more careful of myself. You mm. know, I was always sort of like just... My body is very delicate. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm very soft. I am. <laughs> but like having those adventures, even though they were fully just, oh my God, you're going all about the way to the hellier. That is at least a seven minute walk from my house or a three and a half minute cycle, mm. but that is way out of shot of my parents or going to a quarry or a hill mm. or stepping into the forest beyond, pe- gra- beyond grandparents' land. Like those are experiences that you have that carve your identity as a child mm. and implement a sense of wonder. And those experiences alone, without supervision, like they, they're they the making of you and mm-hmm. that kind of curiosity is paramount. And I'm kind of thinking, is that somewhat connected to the way that stories, the stories that we read, we read then or the you know, Blighton books or the way children's literature that we would have read as children are told as well? Because they don't have as many rules, mm-hmm. whereas the way stories are told to children now mm-hmm. or the books that are written are very um,
2: explained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And I suppose as well, that's probably why, you know, there's a lot of. Dead parents or absent parents, or you know, that they're in schools, even I suppose, because there is, I suppose that'll give a a bit more um, freedom that is explanatory, do you know? Because otherwise you'd be like, well, where are their parents? Or even worse, if
0: nowadays, if you wiped out both parents on the, like my, James the Giant Peach, uh, page one, James's parents have been eaten by a giant rhinoceros. Yeah. Mm. That is all. Yeah. That is all. If you attempted that in the year of our Lord 2018, <laughs> can you imagine the track changes? You yeah. can't just why. Where are the parents? Why? Why aren't they feeling sad about the parents? I need to see some emotional development here. Yeah, you know, yeah. like there was, it was more permissive. You just, I, this is. A bit, I guess we're talking about trust, really, isn't it? Like you just trust mm. the child to figure it out. Mm. Yeah, we all
2: did, and I suppose there was maybe less fear. Mm. I do think that is just. Um, I don't know more of a news cycle or more information you know that it's I, I doubt that more children are going missing or more children are being you know molested or anything harmed. like that yeah and mm. harmed in some way I just think that maybe that we hear about it more mm. so it, it feels as if that's kind of increasing exponentially and I can understand it if you're a parent you maybe you'd be like I really have to protect my child and I completely you know. understand that but when I mean, you see them with like the leashes you only know see children with harness yeah. yeah and the little harness I'm like oh god. jeepers <laughs> I Oof,
0: I've, I've, see, I've seen it nannied fully. Like, yeah, yes, uh, of course. You just, but th- these kids are going to be fine, surely. Mm. They'll just be fine in a different way than that we mm. were fine. Yeah. You know, but uh, I think that that wildness and curiosity and sense of adventure and those moments held in isolation, like they're connected intrinsically to reading because those questions open up in you while you're reading books. Mm. It would never fucking occur to you that a tree might be magic. Mm. You know? Yeah. Especially Gosh. if you're six or five or yeah. whenever you start reading because I, I would have started reading with Theena Blyton books like they were they were just there and that was any book that you touched yeah just read it you know mm. Um, and those are really like I guess so that's a, what I mean when I talk about formative stuff mm. you know they just become a part of who you are yeah. do you think Blyton's work has had any influence on yours Louise?
2: Um, no, my work isn't racist, Sarah, <laughs> um, but um, I, I definitely when I was younger, you know, it's funny because there, I, I wrote so many stories as a child and they were all just light and light, Do you know, that <gasps> sort of way yeah. that it was um just a lot of magic and talking animals. Um And my mom still says this about one year I asked Santa for a... um talking squirrel Um, and then the next year I asked for um, a magic wand that never ran out of wishes which she said was just greedy Louise to be (laughs) fair Um, and I don't know how she managed it because I don't ever remember her saying you can't have that or you know no but I, I do remember like by the time Christmas came being really excited about the doll that I was get. <laughs> yeah. don't know how she was like Ma- you know magic squirrels are just stupid but this doll is way better uh so yeah so I think definitely when I was younger and um, and I would still love to write like something for middle grade um with you know a magical theme going through it because I know even obviously with the little mermaid and um, which is a you know part of the you know, fantasy as well. There's a fantasy element to it. It was just so much fun after the two contemporary novels with "Asking for It" and um, "Almost Love" to actually just have a chance to, mm. you know, really let my imagination just mm. run wild. Um so I think I would love to write something um, for children because my best friend um, Cat Doyle is has written this incredible book, um, uh, "The Storm Stormkeeper's Island," which is coming in July. It's so amazing. Um, and it, she just, I think, had so much fun writing it. And I was like, oh. What's that
0: like? You do, you do forget, don't you? Yeah. That you're like, oh, oh my God, this can be, this can be hilarious and fun. Yeah. This can be wild and strange. Yes. And it doesn't have to be in a constant interrogative conversation with culture. Mm. Now, that is amazing and that can feel incredible and I love that. But there are these little pockets that you can escape into. Mm. It's when the writing becomes an escape yeah. instead of an interrogation. Yeah. It's know?
2: a beautiful book though, I will say. Keep, keep an eye keep out, for it. out for it. for
1: yeah, uh, yeah. I guess the thing with uh, you're saying middle grade there, which I think might be a little insidery term. What kind of oh, ages is age middle grade? Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Um, I suppose it's nine to eleven, isn't it? Yeah. Of nine to twelve. 12-ish. Yeah. Um, I suppose you know there is like children's books, which mm-hmm. are for you know actual children, and then let's say YA, which is for young adults or teenagers. Mm-hmm. But there is, I suppose, that kind of gap in between where young adult fiction is too adult, mm-hmm. um, and that children's fiction is too. Childish. So this was. There's just a little bit in the middle. Which really, it was Harry Potter. The first few books would have been mm. middle grade. I would nearly
0: argue that 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 that. I I think "why" is a marketing term and mm. not like a necessarily a writing style. I also think middle grade is the same. Mm. And I think Potter defined that. I think it's that precise gap. But he, the, but the weird thing is the kids read up.
2: Mm. Do you know? Yes, yes. Mm.
0: They they read up. So if you're like I know certainly as a kid I did anyway like being a six year old reading Bleeding Mallory Towers you mm-hmm. know like I'm six I'm not going to board in school you mm-hmm. know um, but
2: I think reading Harry Potter
0: you tend to be maybe nine or ten mm.
2: reading Harry do you is that yeah. how things work well I actually okay. um, I think I was it's funny you know I'm what did you again Sarah I'm you're, 30. Tw- you're 30 yeah um, so I'm three years older than you and I think that um I'm sure Harry Potter maybe came out when I was when was it? 97? I was Harry's age. Okay. Yeah. But was was it ninety seven it was released?
1: I think. I, I read them when I was doing my even cert as a kind of distraction. Oh, I read gosh, the first four were out yeah. by then, so. yeah. 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 And we're I'm 33 as well. So, yes, yeah, I
2: think, you know, I remember when they came out being like and you know, I was at that age where I was like, Oh, these are just childish. These mm-hmm. are stupid. This is, you know, magic, whatever. And I was like, it won't beat Narnia, so I'm not gonna be bothered reading mm-hmm. it. Um and a friend of mine was obsessed with them and when she kept, you know, kind of bothering me and being like, you have to read them, you have to read them. So then when I was 22, um, she gave me the first book and I sat, I think I read the entire series because the the last book had just been released. Um, So I read the entire series in like maybe 10 days, I think maybe a week. It was a very intense experience and like your friends ringing going are you coming to the pub? And I'm like, I'm really sorry but I am (laughs) on book six of Harry Potter and I do not have any time for you. And it was just incredible. I remember at the end being so like devastated, genuinely devastated that it was over. And ju- I, it actually, I'd always kind of wanted to write. um, but And there's been loads of books that I was like, oh, you know, I wish I'd written that. Or not that I wish that I had written Harry Potter, because I don't think that's not really in my wheelhouse. But um, I think there was a moment of saying, my God, I would love to write something that would have this kind of impact on even one person that they genuine yeah, you know, that I really felt part of that world and I was so upset, you know, I'd say when characters died, um, and when it ended, like when the series ended ended, I just felt bereft, you know, mm. because I'd been so immersed in it. Um, and I remember thinking, Oh my God, that is just what an amazing thing to do. Um, what a place to a, have gone yeah mm-hmm. yeah but as an artist or as a creator what an amazing thing to achieve you know like a legacy yeah, yeah. I was
0: listening to a podcast uh, called The Launch I believe and it's about a writer who was writing a middle grade trilogy mm. sold us. I mean it's about his it's about career progression in writing for children mm-hmm. and he made a really excellent observation um, about Harry Potter and he described it as the it's it's an event horizon it's what Star Wars was to cinema mm. for books mm. like And that's not just commercial. That's individual. Mm. Like that's everybody who was able to evaporate into that world, which is definitely a world of rules and details and structure. Mm. Unlike Blythe. Oh, yes. Mm. But somehow those rules don't feel restrictive. Mm. They feel welcoming and solid. Mm. Like there is something very... I I didn't read the last uh, book of Harry Potter similarly to my long running habit of never Mm. finishing anything because I don't like... Uh, endings So <laughs> I uh, Gospel I don't like endings So I don't finish series uh. Or anything like that But uh, There is something so Easy to slip into Even now Having read them as a kid And being Harry's age And stuff You just You can just go back there Whenever mm. And I kind of Like low key Feel like that about blatant Like mm. you can kind of Always go back to Mallory Towers Yeah You know You can always go back To those woods Like there's a yeah. They exist in the backdrop Of your identity
2: mm. Permanently No yeah, that's you know? a good point. God, some of the lands are just amazing. The lands of you know what, take what you want, and I'm like, what would I take? <laughs> you know, I, I would have totally taken those hens. You know, the ones that they were like a different the green color. And ones. Yes, yeah. I was like, those are so, and they could talk.
1: In fact, everything thing. just follows you once you pick yes. it. That's very handy. Yes. Yeah.
2: Extremely handy. It would make
1: don't have Tesco very awkward if it yeah. just chips <laughs> following you along.
0: And I wicked miss books with talking animals. Mm. Mm. I feel like there's not, love ta- not enough talking animals in pop culture at this point. No, you're no. right.
2: Probably because there'd have to be too much explanation behind it, because of you know having like whose parents set died. Up. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having
0: those rules set up in the world. How do you specifically feel about this talking yeah. animal at this mm. moment? I, although
1: I do like the trend of like animals that are definitely, definitely animals no matter, no matter how much you want them to be talking animals like oh. the chicken in Moana Oh, or, still a stupid chicken Yeah, or yeah. Waddles in Gravity Falls who's just a pig <gasps> yeah, and he's always just a pig no matter. and they try like anthropomorphize him he's like I'm, I'm a pig yeah. harsh I'm, realities I'm, I'm in some mud now this is what I'm doing <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah.
0: I'm not taking part in your adventure yeah. <laughs> I'm an animal yeah. uh, like, There's a
1: really great meta bit in uh, The Enchanted Wood where they go and visit Santa Oh, yeah. And Santa's like, oh, you're a And Silky, I know you are from that book that everybody wants for Christmas. Uh, yes. It's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play, Ina Blyden.
0: Uh, all right, Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold your horses. <gasps> Ina Blyden loved Santa. Yeah. Ina Blyden loved Santa. Oh, really? Like, yeah. I feel like she's in, he's in like, she wrote Naughty as well, didn't she? Yeah. She did write Naughty Like, it's yeah. totally Santa all over that. I feel like Santa is probably in Famous Five as well. I feel like there is, there's, I,
2: I can't remember. It. That's funny now. Um, it is a lovely little and and the um, uh, the three bears and Goli oh yeah, yeah. it where oh. they yeah. where they said oh like the story and the three bears are like what story yeah do you know I love that bit as well yeah
1: and then Joe comes in and actually does all the things yeah anyway <laughs> Joe is a bit of
2: a brat they're also he is, yeah. they're also quite priggish do you know I mean to use a really real blind blind word, <laughs> I word <know, laughs> I, I know I don't think Bring I it ever back. I've literally never used that word before in my mm. life and I thought, like I felt like was really appropriate here yeah. it's just do you know the bit where um. Uh, Moonface kind of is supposed to be keeping guard over where the entrance to the faraway tree yeah. is, and then he moves away. and They all get really upset. And you know, Joe's like, You know, I don't think you're a very good friend, Moonface. And I'm coming off with you cab down. Like, <laughs>
1: Jesus. Joe is a very mm. difficult young child. Yes. Um, like the first time they climb the tree, he just starts throwing acorns at some elves who help them out, yeah, just for shits and giggles. What yeah. age is he? I think he's 10. Is he he's the oldest? I'm not, yeah, he's the oldest. Yeah.
2: Uh, who's youngest? Is it Bessie? Um. So sorry I'm confusing you Because yours is Beth Yeah is I don't know why they changed Bessie to Beth That wouldn't seem As like Bessie such a just not
1: a name anymore I guess
2: Yeah hmm. I
1: don't know. I think they
2: should all be called Caden <laughs> Every single <laughs> one of them Caden, Jane and Brayden Caden, Jaden and Brayden Welcome <laughs> yeah. to the
0: Magic Faraway Tree <laughs> This is where you live now <laughs> There's a
1: vape pen at the top Yeah oh Vape land
0: Yeah
2: Oh god
1: Oh the flavours of the vapes so What weird. is Do you have a favourite land Or like one that sticks out for you When you think about oh,
2: it Oh I, I did love the land of the birthdays um, you Yeah You just being the wishes and the cake and being able to and, and I also think which is so great about um children's books is when they talk about food. Mm. You know, Harry mm. Potter is really great for that as well. Plenty. But yeah, you know, and there's so much of it, and there's just no worries about, you know, calories or body image or anything like that. Mm. It's no, just, like, just like, whatever, very, yeah, just whatever you ginger, you want. Beer. Yeah, yeah, ginger Yeah, beer. It's exactly. also that real
0: weird post war sensibility. So, like, or it's pre war, isn't it? I guess it's that time yeah, where yeah. rations are like a legit thing that happens, mm. you know, and th- the children reading them would be not fully. Eating a whole bunch because of poverty, yeah. So, like, the that's part of the fantasy Mm. is these endless heaps of
2: cake and a load of strawberries, even strawberries, oh, the strawberries, yeah. But you know what, I suppose what is interesting is uh, the amount of food, but then also like a lot of the fat shaming that happens in these books, Ah. and they it's this very odd sort of, I suppose, dichotomy between that. You're like, well. If there is all of this food and there is all of this plenty, but that you're supposed to, I suppose, exercise some level of restraint, and or then this kind of more sense even? of, like, yeah, yeah. A, I, I don't know, but I think it's, it's just interesting that, uh, I, I don't know, I suppose that the, that the two can sort of like, um, a, a stand side by side because you're like, well, surely
0: maybe they just didn't make the connection.
2: Yeah, does that make sense? So mm, they wouldn't maybe. have made the connection. I don't know. The con- it's... Like
0: the, there wouldn't have been conversations around it. It, w- it was just, like. Not raw ignorance necessarily. It's a uh, like I'm, I'm reading um, Riders by Jilly Cooper at the moment. Oh, gosh. Um, Which that I was have the never one read. That in have you never f- f-
1: parents' house growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: I'm entering that the 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 very posh, very horsey realm of Jilly mm-hmm. Cooper for the first time. Um, I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> except for the fact. That everybody just calls each other fat on every single page. Oh yeah, it's mm. a crazy holy
2: mother of God! Yeah. Isn't it really interesting though, looking at um, at books that you read? Like I would have read Jilly Cooper like as a teenager, you know, mm. or um, you know, you know Blyton or you know anything like that, and going, oh, my God, some of the and obviously Street Valley High, um, but some of the attitudes towards like. Fat people is just oh, just normal people. It's just, mm. just disgraceful though. Um, and I suppose for me, you know, obviously having had an eating disorder um and, and having had like a, you know a lot of issues around food and body image, I am constantly looking back at stuff that I consumed as a child or a teenager and going, that must have got in somehow. You know, I mm. mean, of course, because if you're reading this and it being fat is, I suppose. Connected in these books to being lazy or to being, you know, unpleasant or to being hateful, um, and to being unloved. Actually, and I think as a child, all you want to be is loved. Yeah. Um, and to see, it's it's just quite disturbing. I suppose to look at it and to think that mm. like a whole generation of children were consuming the um that kind of uh, subliminal messaging.
0: It's not even subliminal. No, you're right. It's so yeah. obvious. Right yeah, you're right. It's, it's so avert. It's Like a punishment or something. It's mm. absolutely grotesque, mm. and it just. Goes by you. So reading it now, there is this this bridge that you have to cross, where you have to go. Okay, Cooper wrote this in 1970. Yeah. Or okay, Iniblighton was fully from like the war. Mm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like there, there. I mean, these aren't allowances, but there are separations that you have to make between the modern, yes, then and and I guess that's what we do in the work that we make now, especially Louise. Is like we. Take up space in literature and in writing for young people that was previously occupied by dangerous, gross mm. representations of women mm. and mm. bodies, mm. and the reclamation of space that writers like yourself are doing at the moment is vital because otherwise, you genuinely maybe are fourteen in twenty eighteen and you find writers on your shelf and you're like, "Cool, this is a big book with girls on it. Let's mm. go." Yeah. And
2: <laughs> yeah. there is misogyny as well in it, though.
0: Oh ferocious I mean I'm still reading it like no, I mean, I'm, so I'm, I'm no, fully flying so much, through it it's
2: so much fun it's, it's really sexy but like the, but yikes yeah.
0: oh my <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And, it, and the classism and everything is oh, just it's a roller coaster yeah <laughs> like, I am I am I am in it till the end man I'll get off yeah. at the end and I'll be like I need to sit down
2: <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see because obviously with Blighton, you know they're trying to you know rewrite a lot of the books mm. um, to take out you know the overt racism so um, what do you think of that that turning back the clock like. <sighs> Oh, no, I think I, I'm not sure if you just have to accept that Blighton is of it, of her time, and and then just you know let's say uh, books with, um you know the gollywogs and things of like that. Oh, just God. to say you know these should not be printed for children today. This is completely unacceptable. You know I think there's one story where, um the gollywog runs away from home because his owner doesn't like him because of his, and I'm putting air quotes here, ugly black face, <sighs> and then he gets caught in a shower and it's washed clean and it's like you know his pink white kind of pink face and then he can go back and he's loved like, like, Jesus hmm. like and it was um, I think it was 1966 that um, an article was written maybe it was the Guardian I'm not sure the Times um, where someone called her out um, on and I was like if you're getting called out for racism 1966 it's bad
0: you know yeah you it like chill ask one of your mates to read it would you yeah what is it a beta
2: reader a beta reader a sensitivity reader man but yeah so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Can you update it? Like I know, let's say with Street Valley High, you know, they try to update those as well. But, you know, to put... And which I thought was just so... Disgusting because you know, like the thing in Sweet Valley High was that they constantly went on about how slim the um, twins were, and they Oof. were, you know, a, a perfect size six, you know, like American size six. And then they updated it, and now they're a perfect size four. Oh, and I gross. honestly felt like saying, well um. oh, just fuck off. Sorry, I, I was like, We're <laughs> oh, oh, no, really, really? always it? owed at least <laughs> one yeah, good one. I'm, I'm exactly yeah. sorry, <laughs> I was mean, like, just makes me so mad because you're like, You're that's not updating it, that's like just disimproving the entire message around um, body image. But for Ina Blyton, do I think it should be updated. I'm not sure if it can. You know, yeah. like I think a lot, the, I remember looking at like the lists of words, if they did change, and some of it just seems so silly. You know, like they used to say bathing and now they say swimming. And you're like, I mean, that's it not going more beautiful, to, but th- yeah. it yeah, is. It's so dreamy. Much like much more beautiful. Word, but yeah. also, like, how is that going to update like the, the entire story? I just don't know. I, as I said, I would love to talk to a child and see, or even a bookseller and just say, how, like, does Xena Brighton sell? like oh, yeah. do you still mm. have it in stock is, is it, it just more to back of, Tuesdays yeah or is it like parents buying it for their children and the children being like whatever
0: and something you said earlier was really interesting about Blyton as like a person who either like grinds it out every year or like a, an, a, a prolific author mm. like not that I'm about to question the integrity of the author in this case <laughs> this is a woman who wrote eight million books yeah. <laughs> for children, <laughs> children many of which were starkly racist and mm. like quite bleak um I wonder how she, well, her estate must be dealing with it, mm. you know, like to, to that she's one of these great, ch- great, inverted commas, great children's authors mm. whose work in the face of modern day doesn't hold up. No, we, it doesn't and actually. And it's kind of, to- kind of toxic. Yeah. Mm. So what is it to have a body of work? What does it mean to be an author who is from a different time, whose body of work has had to be redressed? Mm. Like,
2: yikes. Yeah,
0: that is... There's a darkness there the, mm. to have to look back on a female author mm. from that time and... Be censored, yeah. Do you know? I mean, I'm not complaining about it, I absolutely think they should be changed in some capacity mm. for children. Now, the existing versions, like the ones my ma gave me, yeah. should exist, yeah. But I don't necessarily think you should be teaching children to be
2: discriminative towards people of different skin colors. To no, be fair, no. that's pretty cut and dry. Lots of stuff, isn't it? So, swarthy complexions, and you're like, swarthy yeah. complexions. Oh, oh, I'll eat it. And as a kid, you see, you don't, and especially growing up in Ireland, like when we grew up, you know, it was a very monocultural society, so you're a bit like, okay, swarthy, don't know what that means. Do you know, I, I thought like it meant handsome not. for years. Say that again? I just
1: assumed sporty meant handsome. Because you have no other context. <laughs> for, it's not used that. now. Yeah. yeah. I thought, from the Hardy Boys books, I thought a Jollopy was like a, a certain type of car, not yeah. just a word for an old car. Because you don't know that those books are necessarily old either. Yeah. Oh, no, you're not. Because they're contemporary yeah. to you. So you you're like, there, oh, people in England don't. do this. Yeah. yeah. yeah
2: it's, so, it's such a funny realization when you, when you actually understand that the author is dead or that these mm. books are really old. Because I remember with the Narnia books being like, oh, you know, is there any more? <laughs> My dad was like, no, <laughs> and I was um. like, "What?" Um, I, so I think that's kind of an interesting thing, you know. Especially, I suppose, even with Roald Dahl or with, cause, um, or Ian Blyton as well, is is going. Oh, that's it. They're 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 dead, and hmm. there are no more books. Well, to be fair with Ian Blyton I was like, I never had to say that because there was always another oh, one. Always, yeah. we will always another one uh, coming through from somewhere so on the back of the shops like oh
0: there were di- the secret heaven were are at it again yeah. <laughs> oh the famous five's uh, last go around the town <laughs> you
2: yeah. know but it's just i suppose it was interesting cuz i i was really excited to reread it for this and um, mm. and i i did and i was i was disappointed um because mm. i felt like like the imagination is there you know and the it, it is so exciting just to think of this tree and to think of these lands but you know the language and, and the structure and the dialogue everything is just it, it just feels very throwaway as if there's mm. not much thought put into it um, and I, I don't know and, and I agree with you that it, it felt quite repetitive I was like mm. oh this definitely you know she's definitely used the same sort of tropes or the same characters or the same settings even over and over and over again Which I suppose you would have to be If you're producing Like it's I even know as an author Like sometimes you'll use a phrase And I'm like Oh I think I might have used that one before I fully like, caught it's myself quite, Doing it this week as well yeah.
0: I was I, An exact phrase And I was like It's hard Just because you love it Doesn't mean you can use it again Yeah <laughs> That's it, for you Not for them yeah. like,
2: Stop yourself uh, So it's hard not to sort of Repeat yourself um, Especially when you're producing That volume of work Um, but I don't know I mean they're making a movie out of it um, the same yeah I mean this has sort of been in the works for ages and it's funny because my sister always sends me you know she ever comes across an update she'll always send it to me Um, and uh, it's by the same people who made Paddington so I'm Mm -hmm. like Mm. I mean that Paddington movies Were so incredible I'm not sure if you Have you I seen didn't them I've see oh watched my them god. God.
0: Should I? Oh
2: my god Please Because watch I love them. Paddington They're Bear so... The little stop motion guy As a kid So Oh no no It's wonderful really? It is just I went with my dad Um, Because I'm five Um, <laughs> He brought me I was so scared Um, But uh, we The two of us It was so funny There's just this one scene and I was like, oh God, I'm crying. And then I just looked over at him and he was kind of rubbing his eyes and I was like, I'm crying too. <laughs> um, but it's just really beautiful and heartwarming and life affirming. And I just came out of it feeling like I wanted to be a better person. My worry Honestly, is that wonderful. it would be like
0: Peter Peter Rabbit in a denim jacket. Do you know? No, like, I mean,
2: I haven't seen the I've Peter heard, of, I, they're, they're, I've they're heard their, their opposites of each other. The yeah. reviews for Paddington yeah. were like really stunning. Okay. Um, and I... I I cannot tell you how much I loved it. So I'm right. really, really that's that's happy. a solid. Under- yeah. I will I will no, go and have a yeah. look at that. the Christmas
1: not- ad for like was it M and S or something? Yes, I cried at that. Yes, so I'm sure oh I'm god, gonna, you're so going to see be the film. Devastated. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love a good cry though. I yeah. love a good a good nostalgia charged yeah. cry. You know, and I feel like Paddington Mare would fully. Like that, that there's yeah. a place between mm. my rib cages for that little
2: guy, you know? Because when, like, when I watched
1: it out, I was like, I forgot how much I loved Paddington when I was like I was four or five. I was obsessed you with you him. haven't seen the movie. No, I, yeah, I, I will. And I Hugh will, Grant, because
2: yeah. I, I was talking about the second one there, that was the one that I went with my dad. Hugh Grant is just. I honestly think it's like his best performance in years. And I think he's probably quite embarrassed by the fact that his best performance for years <laughs> is <laughs> Paddington <laughs> 2. <Aww.
0: laughs> I don't know. So they're making. How would they. Well, of course they would adapt it like yeah. beautifully, you know. I mean, yeah. if well, they could now, do a wrinkle in time, I mean, I'm sure it'll be some. I haven't seen a wrinkle big, of time. Because... Neither have I. I read it this year. For the oh, first so time? was that the
2: first time you'd read it? Yes, so I, didn't I read have it a... as a child, um, and I'm a little bit. I suppose maybe I've been put off by the reviews. Mm. Um, I do think sometimes with books like that, when they're that complex, it's, it's so really complex. difficult to um, bring that to. Disc- which is why maybe Ian Blyton will be grand because they're the not at all yeah, yeah screenplays are
0: straightforward like,
1: even a- within that book you can just chop out bits and put in other lands it, there's no, no real no, no, no. Com- so there's white. no real story in there they just dig up and end the tree five times yeah. that's the end of the book
2: that was what I thought <laughs> yeah. was so funny I was like alright okay off the, off the tree again here we go yeah it's like it's no go- editor told Goblins, her not to yeah. no one called her on it
1: yeah like the Red Goblins come in you're like okay this is the end game they're like no nope, Red Goblins are gone two more trips up the tree and we're done Yeah,
2: and yeah. Like, but I do
1: like a big birthday party at the end of it and some fireworks oh, that's a nice the ending the birthday
2: party did sound absolutely it is, amazing the,
1: the birthday party's a lot like being on a cruise
2: Yeah, <laughs> ah, stuff oh, really? just gets
1: brought to you and you're like, <laughs> I, like I think I would like this you're like yeah here you go and then yeah. here are some fireworks okay here's a pony you can go on alright
2: cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe the yeah. Blighton was a big cruise fan. Maybe, Maybe that's where she got the, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> That is
0: the themed Birthday session of 2018 Is the Ina Blyton Is the Ina Blyton Themed <laughs> birthday, uh,
2: birthday <laughs> Oh that, that would That like, would be great Actually This is a little bit off topic But I'm going to ask you anyway What is your take On um, Adele Because there's a bit of A controversy over this You know Adele For her oh, birthday, the birthday Did the Titanic yeah. But it was like The Titanic the movie And yeah. people are like This is really offensive Because people died In the Titanic
3: and I was
2: like no. and, I mean, really and I, I, I mean I'm one step away from going political correctness you know has gone too far which I do not believe um, but I just felt a little bit like I was like but it's the movie like she dresses Rose oh, and she makes it a beautiful Rose she would and you know the hair and everything is perfect oh. um, I just thought that was really odd um, because if you're offended by that then why aren't you offended by the Titanic movie itself mm. I'm not sure so I, I don't know and I was curious to get your your take on this that
0: is such an interesting question because a part of me genuinely Rose and went People died, Adele. Yeah. <laughs> People literally died. Yeah.
1: But does not actually afraid the sinking of it, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't.
1: It was the nice parts.
2: But isn't it? Is it a bit? Is it a bit? It's. I don't know. I mean, I'm so, torn. Yeah, I'm torn because I think if it's a movie know. that she is celebrating, or you know, I suppose. Uh, emulating in a way then I'm like well if you're going to be offended by this then why aren't you offended by the actual movie
1: I feel do like you it, do you understand where I'm coming like stress up
2: as Rose but I understand as well maybe if my grandmother had died on the Titanic or my great grandmother I honestly don't know
1: I don't think I would I mean it's it's just modelling an aesthetic and it's not an aesthetic that like steals from marginalised people so I'm like yeah you're just dressing up as a rich white person that's kind of yeah. fine or, and then they me. kept it the,
0: the, the, yeah, uh, yeah the, uh, and Rose uh,
1: survived as well so I mean that's okay yeah she had
2: a Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. <laughs> Survived. She did, mm-hmm. and Got to tell her life story. Mm-hmm. Work. Yeah, I mean, right. she did throw a very expensive necklace into the sea, which I mean, give it to your children and tell them to sell it. <laughs> like, if my, give someone something to inherit. If yes. my grandmother had thrown like a piece of jewelry worth I don't know ten billion dollars into the water, I'd be like, uh, bitch, bitch. <laughs> Nana, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm not coming on Sunday. It's over between us. I'm really sorry to tell you, it is you. Yeah,
0: that's a really tough one, isn't it? Because like on that on that level, then surely we should be looking at the Met Gala last night and going yeah but the Catholic Church are garbage Stop the Inquisition killed people yeah, yeah. yeah. literally the in- the Inquisition have blood all over their hands forever <sighs> mm-hmm. this yeah. isn't cute like who said they
2: loved the Crusades <laughs> yeah <Someone laughs> said oh it was it. Olivia <gasps> Munn yes oh. yeah. she was like I just really love the Crusades random <laughs> random hill to die on there Olivia yeah. but
0: um, okay <laughs> water, water square on. Yeah. or you could say Rihanna oh my god I can't believe she dressed as the Pope I suppose. Oh my God, I can't believe you dress. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So there's this.
2: There has to be grey, doesn't there? Surely. And I suppose there's a punching up versus punching down. Like you know, the Catholic Church is so powerful and so wealthy that it's not like I suppose everyone dressing up as uh, you know as an indigenous people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. So I suppose it doesn't feel like that you're appropriating um, someone's culture that has been. I don't know Marginalised You know Because obviously The Catholic Church is like well And taking the sacred
0: iconography And distributing it As something fabulous And frivolous It's such a fuck you You know
2: I do love um, And I really uh, It's funny Because I have a couple of crosses um, As tattoos And people are always saying To me Like why would you do that Because I've been very vocal I suppose in my Mm -hmm. criticism Of the Catholic Church But I'm like I just love the iconography. I Let love going into that. churches. Yeah, like there's such a spectacle, even with the just the materials and the outfits and the you know stained glass and the incense. It's just this very overwhelming. I think multi sensory um, experience. I'm sometimes going to church, if you just ignore um, the all the, yeah. <laughs> homophobia misogyny, like etc. Just,
0: just take the take the bits that you can and turn them back and f- to face the reality mm. You know, that's what I, that's in terms of the Met, I was just like, Yeah, yes, like if
1: it was like specifically like Santeria kind of stuff, you'd be like, no, that's yeah.
2: that's and appropriation. But it's like just
1: Catholicism yeah, is okay. Yeah. It's always
2: the Catholicism. Yeah. It's dominant. Mm. It's <laughs> everywhere. Did you watch, um, oh, it was a uh, Monday in May, it was that documentary on the Met Gala um, and it was the year that they did, was it um, Through the Looking Glass? I'm trying to remember, but it was about um, like celebrating uh, Chinese designers um, and, uh, uh, Anna and I can't even think who was the chair that year, but they went to China and they were talking to Chinese Vogue or, you know, talking to all these um, Chinese journalists who, like, quite rightly asked, you know, is this going to be, like, a lot of appropriation? Is this going to enforce stereotypes mm. um, around Chinese culture and, and, you know, I suppose, what uh, Chinese people are like? And honestly, the Anna, and I wish I could remember who the chair was now, looked so offended by these questions kind of bashing it away like don't question us in this way I was like I think it's a fairly valid thing it's a very serious mm. question to want to you know because I think as well if it was I mean they wouldn't really celebrate Irish fashion unfortunately Um Velvet uh, for miles yeah and a lot of um, curls tweeds. and but you And yeah. I'm not going to get myself in trouble there's amazing Irish designers but we're not known for it mm. um, though J.W. Anderson Simone Rocha um, you know, um average uh, nice jump jumper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so actually no that's not fair of me to say. Um but I suppose the, it, it will be unlikely anytime soon that the Met Gala will say we're doing, you know, Irish fashion. And then I wonder mm. if they did that would you it be wouldn't worried be. that it, wouldn't it be would be modern Ireland. It, yeah. it would be it would full, be full yes, the quiet man and yeah. uh, full yeah. Irish dancing regalia. It yeah. would yeah. take
0: similarly to the way people take Chinese culture and take Mexican culture and these other cultures that have very strong visual history mm. and they only take like I was like I was saying with the Catholic church they take the 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 accessible Bits and turn the back. We would be, we yeah. would be forty miles of green velvet. I mean, yeah. That was that's, that's that's what they would do to us. Yeah. So there's, but that wouldn't be dangerous to us as a people living in America. That wouldn't mm. be harmful to us. Because no, that's a people. really good point. So yeah, it might
2: be slightly annoying. It's a bit like the Sir potatoes and earlinga skit. It's there. not. Yeah. It's it's slightly annoying. Um, and particularly annoying is Irish food is like the quality of Irish food is so much better. Tremendous. Yeah, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It's not. It's not as you said. It's not going to. Not it's dangerous. not like you know, Abu and um, the Simpsons, which is reinforcing yeah. harmful stereotypes. You know, it's just a bit annoying.
0: No, I fully. Mm. I can prove it. I lived there for three years. I wandered around. I lived in a Mexican district, and I was never stopped by the police. I was never asked a mm. single question. I pat Like you're a white person in America, you pass as an American as long As, as and if you're an Irish person, as long as you don't open your mouth, mm. you're fine. Mm. You can't be clocked. Mm. So I think in terms of that kind of like, we fall into that same category as the Titanic with Adele, where it's just like. We're kind of okay, aren't we? Mm. Like we're grand. Mm. We're a grand. We're a very small island island off the coast of Western Europe. We've got a rich, ancient history. We're we're okay out here. Yeah, Mm. you know we're okay. Not being persecuted. I think that. But I think with between the Adele thing and the Faraway Tree and the kind of questions we have to ask about like censorship and what's okay and what isn't okay, like the most important thing is that people are having conversations about it Mm. and that we're developing a movement towards a better, like uh,
2: artistic. I totally agree. I totally agree, and I think that is. You know, even over the last couple of years, having having those questions asked of us all mm. um, and having to really look at that because I suppose, you know, definitely growing, you know, I grew up in a very small town, very monocultural, you know, we were all white, you know. There, I, I, I think there was one woman of colour um, and even the fact that I can say that, it's like that I know who mm-hmm. she is, you know, that sort of yeah, way is in. Yeah. so race wasn't really something that I ever thought about because white was the default um, so if someone asked me what race I was I would be would have been completely confused by that question because I was like well I'm white obviously isn't everybody yeah. um, so I think it's been really interesting as I've gotten older and obviously lived abroad. And then Ireland's becoming more multicultural. And actually, you know, having to confront, I suppose, maybe um some of that. and being like, this is really important that people that we are, I suppose, that we are interrogated and that we interrogate ourselves. And we interrogate and our
0: reading history. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the books that made us who we are. Like we had this with the Roald Dahl episode where mm. you have to ask questions of this. And like, what permissions do you give yourself? Because Roald Dahl gave you that permission or Ina Blyton gave you that permission. Like they weren't. Actually, in charge of how to be sound to people, mm. or how to treat people like equals. Mm. Do you know? Yeah. So the work that, like, like you produce, or uh, like lots of like people doing really, really good work around cult- culture, mm. and in and uh, that ties into fantasy as well. Mm. The the books that are written for young people and people in general today are doing. They're not that we're turning, turn, not that we're doing turning back the clock, but we're doing work that wasn't done before. Mm. Like, yeah. and, and it is work yeah. and sometimes it's uncomfortable mm. and sometimes we're the bad guy mm.
2: but yeah. we have to kind of have to learn you mm. fucking have to and learn and you make mistakes and you know hopefully someone will call you out on it or point you know point it out and then you learn from it and hopefully do grow and I think that's it do better yeah you know do better because we can't like we can't just continue to make
0: be lazy and make the same mistakes and cater to the same audiences as the writers who came before us even if we love them yeah. even if we had a great time in Mallory Towers or yeah, like yeah. up the
2: faraway tree no. Got to do better. Yeah.
0: Like, maybe I won't, no one will ever write as many books in their career again as he did, yeah. like. But probably won't be so horribly racist. Yeah, Christ.
1: So, when you were writing The Surface Breaks, oh, yeah. which is a modern retelling of The Little Mermaid, what kind of stuff did you have, did you, did you keep stuff in mind mm. writing that? Like, were you, like, future-proofing it, um, you think? Or?
2: Future-proofing. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to say because culture changes so much, you know. Um, and obviously things have changed enormously in the last 20 years and I presume that they will change again in the next 20 years I mean I hope that there's not anything in one of my books that would just be I suppose as Overtly sort of jarring yeah. something you know some elements that you would see um, in Blyton's work. Um, for me, I think I wanted to keep the book as timeless as possible because obviously it's based on a fairy tale. Um, so you know there are no mobile phones, and I I never say where it's set. I never say you know what time it's set, um, because I wanted it, it to feel very expansive and very inclusive. Actually, um, in a lot of ways, so that it didn't matter where it was read, um, all over the world. That it you know that the young person or adult reading it could feel Feel as if that it could be their country, or you know, or that it could be whatever time that they grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I think, important to me. Um, and really, when I was writing it, it was I just I I, I read and I reread the original Hans Christian Andersen um, version, which I hadn't read in ages, and I think I was so. I was so taken aback um by how dark it was. I, mean, I I remember I had read the last time I read it was probably as a teenager and I remember thinking at the time god this is a bit bleak. Mm-hmm. Um but rereading it this time being so struck by I suppose the wealth of material that was in there that I could exploit um to subvert it um and retell it in a feminist um way mm-hmm. just the messaging again around um you know the sea witch which I, I think is really fascinating witches and fairy tales is always such a sort of a sexist ageist trope anyway um, and just subvert that because obviously you know looking at the Disney version you know um, Ursula is a fat woman um, and I wanted to celebrate that um, and my sea witch is like my favourite character um, but there's just so much in the tale you know it's this young woman who literally gives up her voice silences herself and um, sacrifices her home her family and mutilates her body um, in order that a man that she barely knows will fall in love with her I think there's really interesting parallels for a lot of maybe what young women are encouraged to believe, you know, that you have to sacrifice in order to be in a relationship, that falling in love is the most important thing that you can do, that getting married and having children is, I suppose, the only aspiration or the most important aspiration that you should have. Um, and I just want, I you know, I really loved The Little Mermaid and it was really, it was a really sad time for me as a teenager, I think, when I became a feminist and I started thinking, oh, well, I can't. Can't enjoy that. I can't read that. I can't watch that. Um, you know, I haven't been able to enjoy pop culture uh, in about twenty years now. <laughs> it's all gone. It's uh, all yeah, now. yeah, basically. Um, so I think it was just a chance for me to reclaim her um, and reclaim the story, um, and that. Again, you know what we talked about is that you. I really do wonder about like a lot of the children's literature and the YA fiction. Not that I was reading that much YA, but um, at, at that age there wasn't. When I was a teenager, there was. It wasn't really. Um, it wasn't called that. No, mm. I was reading adult fiction at twelve. Oh yes, yeah, so it's, You right. know, absolutely. Whatever books were around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I suppose it's. Re- it was just really looking at that and wondering the impact that some of that had had on my sense of self, my sense of self-worth, body image, you know, the eating disorder, things like that. And actually having a really strong sense of responsibility going, I want to create work for um, younger women that will be helped Full, um, and healthy rather than harmful I always mm-hmm. feel like I'm writing the books that I needed to read like I feel mm-hmm. like I needed yeah. to read Almost Love when I was 20 I needed to read Asking for it when I was 17 and I think I needed to read um, The Surface Breaks when I was like 13 or 14 mm-hmm. um, it would have been a really interesting introduction I suppose to feminism and ideas around that so yeah
1: There we go I think that's a good place to leave it yes yeah. thank you so much Louise and Neil thank you everybody go moment. by the service breaks
2: yes <laughs> it's
1: amazing I'm sure I haven't read it yet but I will be how <gasps> <I'm
2: gasps> dare you it's not, <laughs> it's not out it's not out it
1: is it's out now um, you
2: were really guilty when you said it's amazing know, it was like, all the rest, you were just so, being really yeah. honest and you were like but I haven't read it yet <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know I will I
1: read everybody's books oh. um, if you're a guest on this show i read your book that's how it works that's the deal uh-huh. we we strike here um, so thank you Louise and Neil thank you <laughs> bye everybody
2: bye bye, bye.
1: And there we go. Thanks again for using the up. That was great. That was unreal. That was so much fun. Flew by. Yeah. Uh we have some things to say. How's Um yeah. So thank you to D for our artwork, as always. We love you, Dee. We always love it. Thanks to Brian for producing the episode. Thank you to Head Stuff For having us. For having, for having us, for, so us. So for, long. for keeping us. Yeah. And arranging things for us that we can do. Like we're gonna be at the All Together Now Festival in Waterford, where I am where I live all my, all my times.
0: I'm not going to be able to be there and I'm very jealous, I'm very upset, but if you yeah. are at all together now, you should go and see Juvenilia. If you're not at all together now, what's wrong with you? Smaller festivals are better. Electric think yeah. is bad now.
1: Roshi Murphy's going to be there. Fleet Fox are going to be there.
0: Fleet Fox are going to be there? Yeah.
1: Shaka Khan.
0: Are you f- now, I'm, now I'm snapping. Like <laughs> I was <laughs> already sad. new power
1: generation are going to be there. Foxy. Yeah. <laughs> and Juvenalia, which and whoever whatever guests we had will be there. Um, We don't know what day yet, but we will let you know. Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, I, I, my one of my teenage ambitions was to be backstage in a music festival, so I'm going to fulfil that. So There's that'll a lot
0: be of good. To sit down in better toilets. Yeah, there we go. Goals. So looking forward
1: to that. Um, what else should we do? Uh, oh, so yeah, listen to some other headsup podcasts. If you like this one, for instance, you would like uh, Double Love. We talked about Sweet Valley High a little bit there. That's a full Sweet Valley High podcast for your ears. That'll be good.
0: I haven't listened to Sexy Beasts yet. But Tony Cantwell is extremely funny. Yes, and it's about cryptids. Yeah, it's about cryptids. Yeah, it's very good. It's I sent them. I sent them an idea for a spooky. Well, they were asking for spooky stories, and I told them my a ghost climbed into my bed and gave me my period story. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they talk about that in their recent episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know yet. Haven't listened, but Tony's very very funny. So
1: yeah, Just give sexy beast a listen. Yeah, that's two. There's lots more. Um, we re- we've recorded this one very far in advance, so we can't give you any any news really. Oh
0: my God, Hi, future Ireland. How yeah. How's it feel in June? June. We're speaking to you from May. Yeah. Early May.
1: Early May. Anyway... Say any more about that? Yeah. For wait, now, no. Um, so, that's it. will that's you everything.
0: like us and subscribe to us?
1: Oh yeah, all those things. On um, leave reviews and we
0: love reviews. Tell
1: your friends. That works better, I think.
0: Do you know? Word of mouth really, really does. I yeah. get all my. I'm a podcast reviewer, and I get all my podcast <laughs> recommendations from people I know. Mm-hmm. So if you like it, tell somebody. If Go back and listen to some of the older episodes. We don't have to listen to us in order. We have no con- We have no continuity.
1: No. So. Besides the fact that Sarah is a furry.
0: Oh and, my God! <laughs> and just queer
1: subtext and everything—that's the only it's, continuity.
0: It's been weeks. I thought I thought that I'd gotten away with it. No, no, no it's that true. That is the only continuity. Though yeah. I didn't slam the table at all during this episode, or lean away from the mic. So that is true. We're there growing. you go. Uh, We're f- so yeah, you go back and listen to some of our old episodes. Tell your pals. Leave yeah. us like a five-star rating or something on 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 iTunes. that it matters. Ratings and reviews do matters on matter on iTunes if you enjoy us and you give us uh, some sort of feedback. We will move up the charts and other people will find us. Yeah.
1: And like follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Basically you type in juvenilia and then look for D's logo. That would be us. Our Nobody else is doing that. Pink logo. Yeah. And that's it. That's our news. Um, and then we'll roll a picture of our house on top of the page. And that's our, our news for the day.
0: News for the day. Yeah. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye everybody. HPN, the Headstuff
3: Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.